Hi, you're listening to Abacadabra Radio. I'm Abby, your host, and on this podcast, we talk about manifestations, meditations, timeline jumping, tarot card insights, astrological insights, literally whatever comes up. Happy to have you guys here for the ride. Hello, hello, my friends. Here we are back with another episode, and this one I am so excited for. I am talking with my friend Gabrielle on TikTok. She is a romanticizing housewife. I am so, so excited for this episode. She is my first podcast guest, and we are going right into reality creation manifestation. And this is part one of at least a two-part series of us having this conversation. A little bit about Gabrielle, a romanticizing housewife, before we begin. Starting a romanticizing housewife was the result of taking inspired action after leaving a high-pressure Fortune 100 career of 10 years without a plan or a parachute. 2018 was the year that the House of Cards fell with a newly diagnosed autoimmune disease and a highly dysregulated nervous system. She pleaded with the universe for help out of her situation. The answers came by way of a spiritual awakening that ultimately led to her joyful purpose of guiding others through the same mountainous terrain. Today, her TikTok channel, A Romanticizing Housewife, grows by the hour and the testimonials continue to pour in. She shares openly and vulnerably about those moments of her life, how she healed herself energetically, shifted her self-concept, and how others can take the same control back in their own lives. Recently, she packaged her methods into an editable download coined Mastering the Game of Life. As an energetic coach, she walks you through directing your unique energy signature using human design for manifesting, understanding how your physical environment is blocking your self-concept, and how to boost your directed vibration by focusing on the three most powerful energy centers in the body. If you feel called to work with her after this episode, she is now opening email coaching, private video response coaching, and ask me anything responses on her TikTok. All are available on her stand store, which you can find linked in the bio. Without further ado, let's get into this episode. I hope you guys enjoy this conversation just as much as we did because it you, you'll be able to hear just how wonderful a co-creation this truly was. All right. So, so I wanted to tell you that I manifested this meeting a year ago. You're joking. No. Do you want to hear the story? I do. Everybody wants to hear the story. <laughs> okay. So about a year ago, I started really getting into Neville Goddard's work. Um, before that, I was really into like Abraham Hicks and um, and then also just like intuitively learning on my own through like my, med- my manifestation walks. Um, but... I got into Neville Goddard and I learned about that technique where before you sleep, you visualize it and you just feel like you're there. And a year ago, <clears throat> I didn't have a lot of courage to really be seen the way I'm seen now on my channel. And so I knew I had to build that courage. And so with these sleep visualizations, I imagined myself on a podcast I imagined myself with a host across from me with one of those microphones that like hangs down and it's like a legitimate scene. And she says, I'm so happy that you're here. And I say, you don't know what a big fan I am of yours. I'm so happy to be here. And that's where the scene cuts. And I did that for like two weeks. And then I just moved on to the next thing. But like, here you are my first podcast a year later when I do have the courage to speak out about my story. Right? Wow. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> That's so cool. And yeah. I've wanted to have podcast guests for a while, but I just haven't had that like it's only recently that I've been starting to really build relationships with other people on the internet that are in this space. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, as soon as I kind of subtly put that intention out there, like other opportunities started coming up. And then you had messaged me on TikTok. And I was like, let me throw the idea out to her because she and I talk about the same sort of thing. But it's nice to get different perspectives on the same sort of thing, because that's how you evolve and get better at this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And, and and here we are recording. So I feel like we manifested each other, right? For sure. We were trying to get ready in the meantime to have this conversation for you to feel comfortable 
starting a podcast and actually asking somebody to speak to you about mm -hmm. these things. And then I was building the courage in the meantime to speak about these things. It's beautiful. Right. And I think something that both of us are definitely working on, the, just the concept of visibility yes. in this space, because there's so many things that go into it. Like, yeah, we can post on TikTok, but I don't know about you, but for me, one of the things I've had to deal with, with like my own visibility on social media is like, if something starts taking off like a video, my initial reaction is this is great. But then I have like a thing in the back of my mind that's like, oh no, what if people don't like it though? <laughs> what if um, for the wrong reason? Because this topic can be really polarizing for people. Not as much anymore as it used to be. I feel like the concept of manifestation like five or six years ago was like, okay, okay, we get it. Mm -hmm. But now it's becoming so much more like mainstream and normalized for people to talk about. So it's a lot easier to be out there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think the thing too is that when you talk about these things, everybody has their own level of programming and insight and perception that they project onto you. And it's like, even if they believe a variation of what you're saying, they might not agree with exactly what you're saying because in their mind, it's slightly different based mm -hmm. on their experiences. And so sometimes you get comments from people where they don't outright disagree, but they challenge what you're saying. But that's what's so vulnerable about a platform is that you are putting out your reflection of reality out there and whoever resonates, maybe it opens their eyes to that next level in their awakening, but you can't know for sure how it will land. And so I have felt the same way when videos take off where it's like, I have the best intention. I hope everybody feels that, you know, like let that be felt. And, and I always say a little prayer when I release a video, like let it go into the ether and just like reach who it needed to and like leave the people alone that weren't ready for it, you know? Yeah, totally. And there's like some, I feel like, let me see if I can formulate this in the right way. Like a good example of what I'm about to say is when I started listening to Neville Goddard, when I got into the manifestation space, Abraham Hicks is also where I started. Actually, probably The Secret. Oh yeah, like early 2000s. Yeah. And then, and then Abraham Hicks. And then I tried Neville Goddard and I literally like could not understand him. I couldn't, I couldn't bear to listen to him. I could not mm -hmm. do it because mm -hmm. I just wasn't in that vibration to be able to hear it. So like, there'll be times I listen to a podcast or listen to like a lecture or whatever. And I realize like, oh, I've been checked out. I haven't been listening to what this person is saying. So I try to back it up and then like a phone, the phone will ring and I can't hear it. And then like, for whatever reason, like I'm just not in that vibration to be able to receive it. Mm. So there's also that aspect of like other people just might not be in the vibration to receive it in the way that they actually understand what you're talking about. But if they go back and listen to it in six months, if they go back and listen to it in a year, they might fully get it and be like, wow, I know exactly what you're saying because Neville Goddard is like any Neville Goddard lecture I like eat up now, but mm -hmm. I would not hear it mm -hmm. for the longest time. That's so profound what you just said, because it is so important to go back and read and re-listen to, to lectures and literature because the level of consciousness that heard it the first time is not the level of consciousness that we'll be hearing it the next time. And I've had the same thing. Like early in my awakening, I listened to Edgar Tolle's um, The Power of Now. And all I could think about was like, your voice is obnoxious. Like I can't even like, I can't get there. Like I can't hear what you're saying. And now when I hear him, I'm like, God, the present moment is precious. It is. This is the power that we have right now. And I wish I had been able to hear it back then, but at the same time, like everyone's evolution to get there sets you up to receive it in the way that your soul needed to, you know, cause we don't all receive things the way that we needed to for our evolution. Mm -hmm. And so I also respect that younger version that she was where she was and like, thank God I am where I am. And even thank God more that I will be where I, I will be, you know? Yeah. And that it's, it's so true. Like now is the only moment you can create from now is the only moment you are creating from. And I feel like I've been trying to check myself a lot recently because I've been too zoomed out and looking too far into the future. 
and then getting frustrated because I'm like trying to live in the future, but I'm not in the future. I'm, I'm here. And there's a lot that I can experience and really like bask in. But if I'm too focused on six months from now, a year from now, it's not bad to have goals, but when you're too focused on the goal and you're not focused on like what's physically appearing now, like I will get lost. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And thrown into like a tizzy. So that's been something that I've been really trying to be more conscious of. of where am I focusing like time wise? Mm-hmm. And Bashar has really been opening my eyes to that. Like I said, I only discovered him like a week ago and I feel like he's the next teacher that I needed in my evolution because I wasn't ready for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I watched a video with him this morning and it talks about what you're saying, where he was like, there are infinite parallel realities and your higher self knows like how to get you to the one that you're like vibrating at the one that you want to vibrate at the one that you're visualizing that you want to be at but you have to let go of thinking that you know how that reality will look Mm -hmm. because you don't your higher self is the the split in consciousness that is able to have the paintbrush for what life would look like and the consciousness that we're all used to working with, which is the conscious awareness is only meant to process stimuli. It's not meant to actually ever take you into the realities that would bring about what you're asking for. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Because one of the ways that I like to explain it is, and this will go with exactly what you said, you're, you're making a picture you are not painting, you are not create. you are not the one choosing what is being painted. You are choosing the colors. Oh, that's beautiful. Like that's my, one of my favorite ways to explain reality creation, because like you cannot pick exactly how it's going to look. And when you insist on that, you just dig yourself into a hole of like lack. And one of the things Bashar has said that I listened to like this past week is your insistence on that thing, like that thing that you have in your mind for what you're visualizing is like the smallest, most tiniest version of what your higher mind knows that you can have. And like, so it's so much bigger than what, like you get a piece of it. Like I like to think of when we get ideas, when we get like visions of the future, whether they're good or bad, I think of that as like, that's an available reality. And you're just getting a, like, you're getting like a concept of it in your mind to know it's available to you. And then you get to decide where you're aiming, whether you're aiming towards that, whether you're aiming towards something else, you get to decide where you aim, but you don't get to decide like the characters, the players, the scenarios, you just have to navigate them. Yes. Which is why what you were just saying is like, when you zoom too far out and you try and control and you have goals, it's like, to some degree, you can have intention to point that way, but What I'm coming to understand is like the present moment is what you have to choose that vibration, that vibrational direction, but I cannot conceive where it will actually take me. So why worry past the present moment? And like, I think that's what Bashar has given me this morning when I watched that video is like, oh my God, like I really can surrender because I don't have control. Like it's an illusion of control because I've been given a taste of control by just being able to pick a vibration, but I I don't get to choose how the illusion presents itself. So why like worry about the next moment? Right. And it's hard because we grew up and live in a society that like, you're not taught that. We don't know that we've figured it out along the way, but we grew up just, you know, knowing, thinking that there's a certain way that you have to live your life and it has to look this way. And if you're not there, you're not doing it right. And like, Mm -hmm. that's not even a little bit true Mm -hmm. because there's so many different ways. Cause we're like, you said, we're all different. We all have different perspectives. We all have different beliefs. And even in, even in terms of manifesting, I have a, like a true like feeling that everybody has a specific way that they will manifest. And there's like tools that you can do that will help you. And like, that's why I like hearing how other people do it because it will give you ideas and ways to like meld different techniques together that work really well for you. 
like your manifestation walks when I saw your TikTok about them I literally started doing that and I was like this is a really great way for me to get just into a better mindset in general to just walk around and process the good things that are happening Mm -hmm. process like being in the moment of good things happening even if they're not like directly happening in that moment but like get into the feeling state of like how will I feel in that moment of okay I ha I'm, I'm living in the end I'm having this thing and like walking around and processing it and I love 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 that um I'm like going all over the place with this <laughs> No, no. I, I love manifestation walks. Obviously I'm partial because they work so well for me. Um, but I felt kind of like when our conversation started of like, you get this confirmation when you meet these new teachers in your involvement who confirmed what like little pieces you've been picking up along the way. And they, 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 sh they validate it for you. Like, yes, that was correct. You're on the right path. Cause this, this morning he had said as well, like, when you're able to visualize the mind is not really calling in that specific thing. Mm -hmm. Visualization is just helping you to get into the energy of the thing. And mm -hmm. he said, what you should do is have the sole intention of visualizing only to feel the thing, not to have the thing you're visualizing and then let it go. And I was like, Oh my God, that is what my manifestation walks are. That's why yeah. they work. Right. Because when you're walking and especially when you're talking, because those are the three highest vibration chakras in the body. It's your throat, your third eye, and your crown that are activated when you physically speak on your manifestation walks about what you're experiencing. And the visualizations, the images of the words you're creating will just present themselves in your mind. You're not reaching. Right. Um, and that is, for me... And I think the people that have, are having success with manifestation walks, it's an effortless flow because you're voicing what you want. And then the ether is bringing back the image of what it is. So you really get to exist in it. And then Bashar says, and then let it go. And I think that's a natural thing to do after a walk, because then you just go back into your house. You start having social conversations with the people you live in, or you go back to work. And then your mind separates from the experience that you had on your walk, which is the perfect segmenting for manifestation because you experienced it and then you let it go and yeah. then it just presents itself. Mm -hmm. But yeah. what I also specifically love about your process of like manifestation walks is, and I learned this um, during like grief therapy, as you are walking, you are stimulating both sides of your brain. So your brain is really processing what you are like working through and thinking through in those moments. So that to me would just make your subconscious mind accept that that is happening much more quickly. Wow. So as you're doing those walks and talking and in that experience, it, it makes sense to me why it would be so successful knowing that other aspect of like your brain is processing as you're moving both sides of your body, as you're like stepping down. So like that's, when when I heard that, like when I saw your video, I was like, oh, wow. Yeah, that, that makes sense that that's going to work for like a lot of people just between one, knowing like the intention of it to the aspect of the processing in your brain that I wouldn't have known about if I hadn't like gone through like the grief therapy and learning about like, why is it so sad when you walk through the grocery store <laughs> oh. when you're processing loss and it's because you're processing it as you're walking. That's incredible. So then yeah. would you also recommend that it would be powerful to listen to affirmation tapes while you're like grocery shopping and doing these things too, because then they might sink in even better in your conscious state? Oh, totally. Yeah. Okay. yeah. I mean, things like that. But like one of the things I've been really enjoying is I listen to brown noise pretty much all day at work in in the background of any podcast that I listen to I run production I'm an embroiderer in addition to like a billion other things that I do and I love 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 it so I can like listen to whatever I want all day so I make a brown noise with affirmations specific to me that I want to like program into my mind so I'm working but I'm hearing it I'm moving right. around the room, but I'm hearing it. And then I noticed, like, I do it while I sleep, too. For, like, two hours, I have it on and fall asleep. And it didn't take much time for, like, those things that I put in the affirmations, in the subliminals for me, because subliminals worked really well for me. It changed my automatic thoughts in the morning. 
my like autopilot thoughts from being like, ugh, don't want to get up, don't want to do this, don't want to get out of bed yet, to thank you, this is my day. Mm-hmm. Like my thoughts in the morning when I wake up are thank you, thank you, thank you. This is my day. I get to go do this day. Like very like positive, which is so powerful. Um, I don't I honestly don't know if that just answered your question of affirmations while you walk. But yeah, affirmations while you do anything, I think go a long way. Yeah. So babe, I have a couple questions. What is the difference between white noise and brown noise? That's Are a great question. I don't even know if there's like too, like, I wouldn't know if there's like any too much of a different, like brown noise for me was something that I, I got really, really stressed out and overwhelmed And I heard that brown noise has the ability to shut off those thoughts that are just running around your head. Like, it has the ability to just stop it. And it did. So, like, any stressful thoughts that I had, I literally, like, before I even thought of putting, like, affirmations in the background, I just turned on brown noise, put headphones on. And I was like, oh, wow, this really does make me not feel like I have to, like, keep my brain going. I don't know if white noise does the same thing. But I remember specifically reading that about brown noise. So I wanted to try it and it worked really well for me. So I was like, if I'm going to listen to this, I might as well put something else in it too. So that's what I tried. Is that like a Hertz frequency? Like, what does that sound like? It sounds like if you have your like air conditioner on. Oh, Or like TV static. Like it just sounds like. Okay. Yeah. But because I have it in the background, it's not anything I mean I it comforts me and and some people are like what is that noise and I'm like I, it's brown noise it's great and they're like what are you talking about yeah like the buzzing or something yeah because yeah. Abraham Hicks talks about that how she, when she meditates um she listens to um the air conditioning humming and that's what settles her mm-hmm. what do you meditate you know I'm not a cushion gal I um that that not part of it is yeah, that part of when I go to yoga, I struggle. And I know they say in yoga, they say what hurts the most is what you need the most. But I just, <laughs> I don't like sitting there. It's the, for me, for years now, walking has been my meditation. I'm I was able about to, to say that's your meditation. Yeah, I'm able to hear my higher self, get downloads. And that's what started my channel was I knew I wanted to help people um, because I was getting these messages and they had brought me a lot of peace and I just wanted to air it. Um, so at first I was actually just using audio recordings and not video. Cause I wasn't like ready for that kind of vulnerability. And I was just sharing the downloads that I would get. And then ultimately now, it, you know, I film myself, but, um, yeah, those walks are just flow state for me. And I think yeah. uh, people forget that there are so many forms of meditation. You don't have yes. to sit. <laughs> no and and some people can't like you said I'm not a cushion gal there's so many people who think oh I can't meditate because I can't sit most people can't sit and turn their mind off like I my journey in spirituality started when I was 15 wow. so almost 15 years ago like to the day it was like Thanksgiving weekend um I had a conversation with my cousin about Sylvia Brown who I think it I honestly don't even really remember that much about it but it like set me off on like what is the third eye I want to meditate and I started meditating and listening to different guided meditations and frequencies and things that would help me like open my third eye and um I've been in and out of it for a while and I used to do Reiki and I really liked doing like I would do a channeled guided meditation when I was doing Reiki on people and I loved doing that and I love making a guided meditation because it's hard to just sit and let your brain stop so I do a combination of either listening to guided meditations Joe Dispenza has really good ones or sometimes I'm able to just listen to like a binaural beat or a brown noise and I can just meditate for like 10 minutes but like sometimes it's going on a walk. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's like cleaning the sink. Like it can be anything mm-hmm. as long as you're in that like mindful connecting with self space. Yeah. And that is, it's the best feeling place to be. Honestly, I'm, I hold on. I'm trying to find this 
It's very applicable to this conversation, but I don't want to misquote his channel because it's so brilliant and you probably already know about it on YouTube. Um, okay. Um, so along with meditation, I, I have started doing the guided ones because since listening to Bashar, he was like, there are infinite parallel realities that you can shift to. So then mm -hmm. I found this guy called Brian Scott on, yep. yes, on YouTube. He's profound. I think it's called the reality, the reality revolution. He's awesome. Yeah. Um, and oh my gosh, it feels he has like a really good timeline shifting one. Has he? Okay. I've got to look it up. Which That's one on is, did I just listen to? Um, it was like an out of body experience. I just felt like I felt like I was living in the reality. Yeah. Oh, it's um a guided meditation for quantum jumping into your dream reality. And it's like 15 minutes long. This one's 30. Okay. Uh, yeah, that might have been one. There was one of his that I did and I, it, I was like, wow, this is awesome. And then, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. It, it taught me to have a, a relationship with a guided meditation because I told you it's not for me, but- mm -hmm the amount of impact I felt like it had on my consciousness. I was like, I've got to figure out some way to like get this in. Like, I don't know if it's just something I fall asleep to at night. Um, but I also listen to sleep affirmations every night. So I create play playlists on YouTube of like, for a while I was listening to like a Neville Goddard, um, visualization where you listen and then you naturally fall asleep and then after that on the playlist it kicks in just eight hours of like affirmations That's and awesome. I have found a lot of success with the sleep affirmations like you were saying you listen for a couple hours I yeah. the repetitions are what create the belief at least to the subconscious mind the way that we understand it today like it's probably a lot more powerful and doesn't need that much repetition truly but um I I've I've completely changed in the last two years just listening to sleep affirmations. Yeah. So I want to ask you too, like, can you let us know, tell us about your spiritual awakening? Like, how did you get here? Where did you start? What, ha like, what happened to do that? Like, how'd you get into manifesting? How'd you get into all of this? Wow. It's such a, like, it's a big question. I've really been thinking about that, knowing that I was coming on the podcast. <laughs> and I, um, I like you. I I knew about the secret, the book, the secret. My mom bought it in the early two thousands, but it completely went over my head. I I wasn't ready for it. Um, but my mom didn't believe in the concept of manifestation. But I was lucky enough that she truly believed in the reality of like string theory and quantum physics. So from a young age, I've just been not lectured to and conditioned, but just it was a safe space to consider mm -hmm. that it's not what we think it is. It's not as concrete as we think it is. Yeah. And so my mind stayed open. Um, but it was, my awakening was in 2018. I, so I was 28 years old mm -hmm. and it came at a time where I was desperate for answers because my husband and I had been at that point trying to conceive for a year and it wasn't working for us, but it was working very quickly for our friends. And so it was this moment of just why me, woes me, desperation. I wanted this. I wanted this more than my friends wanted this. Mm -hmm. And it was like my 3D self trying to so desperately to change my 3D reality. Yeah matter against matter and, and it just boom boom you're just constantly hitting brick walls with it when you yes do that's what it feels like anyway well and energetically that's what's happening because you you keep re reaffirming to your reality i'm i'm struggling everyone else is successful i'm infertile why me and yeah. and it's presenting it back to you month after month after month but i didn't understand so I, one night I, I went to bed early and I just got on my hands and knees and I just bawled my eyes out and I just thought, Let it out. why, why me? Yeah. My husband is like not going to have kids and it's my fault. And I didn't know that this was going to be it, or I would have warned him. And I just, it was this black, dark yeah. night for me. And that's a hard situation 
as women and then as women in conscious creation it's like what am i what what am i doing what do you mean it's yeah so, because that's yes, hard because once you're a conscious creator you know i'm doing this but early in your awakening you don't understand what you're doing that's that's creating it you just know it's your fault <laughs> basically yeah and even it even takes a long time to even get to the place of like it's my fault it does it takes a lot of like surrender to realize I'm I've been creating this loop and I need to figure out how to uncreate this loop yeah um so <clears throat> at this point I had been walking at lunch with my corporate job just as a way to decompress from how stressful my career was yeah. and I've been doing that for a long time and then I started on these walks after that dark night I would just you know, I grew up Catholic, but I am not religious. I, I was an altar server by force, not by choice. I was very involved in the Catholic church, but not really invested in the Catholic church. So when I took this walk after that dark night of the soul, I, I just said out loud, I said, I don't know if you're real. I don't know. I don't know if I even believe that God is real. I don't know if I believe Jesus is real. I don't, I don't know. All I know is that what I'm doing is not working. Whoever's out there, whatever's out there, I need you to show me how to have faith. Mm -hmm. I need you to, like a faith of whatever kind faith needs to be to create a world that I feel joy again. Cause I just felt so depressed and sad by not having um, been pregnant. Yeah. And that was the catalyst. That was the asking. That was the picking of the the physical reality reflection back to me of the self that had faith because all you had to do was ask yeah and i resisted the faith for so long because i did not relate to a catholic upbringing right and and it was after that that it was like all of a sudden i saw an abraham hicks video come up on my youtube and i never had before so it was this reintroduction to manifestation this reintroduction to conscious creation and at that point, I went down the rabbit hole, you know, of manifestations are instantaneous and all of these like golden promises of the manifestation world. And that was my own tailspin too, because I was thinking like, oh, then I'm going to be pregnant tomorrow, even if I'm not ovulating because manifestation says it's instantaneous. Right. <laughs> um, you know, but long story, possibly shortened a little bit is that, uh, you know, I'm now 33 years old and we do not have children and I've just come to terms with that. And it must've been some kind of a soul contract agreement that either this isn't the right time or it's not for this incarnation for some reason. And Bashar has brought me peace with that too, because he says, if you wake up every day, it's because your soul said, there's something I wanted to experience in this lifetime that I have yet to, and I want to. So- right there's for some reason that I'm here and that it evolved the way it did. And I have so much faith in that. And that is what I prayed for that night. Mm -hmm. So that's how I got back into manifesting. Well, first of all, thank you for being so vulnerable and sharing that. Yeah. Uh, I, I totally get that, that feeling of like, this is what I want. Cause I also, I've wanted kids my entire life and I've wanted a family my whole life. All I've ever wanted to do is be a mom and like want to be in love and like all of that stuff. And I'm 29. I have a wonderful boyfriend. We've been together for five years. I have no kids. I have two wonderful nieces who I watch a lot. Um, that's the closest thing I am to like a mom. I, all of my siblings are married. I have three siblings. My youngest sister got married a couple of weeks ago. My boyfriend's sister got married a month before that. So like, I understand what it is to be like in that place of I want all this stuff and it's not happening for me. And there's an aspect of like, oh my God, I'm behind. Oh my mm -hmm. God, I'm not doing it right. Oh my God, I suck at manifesting because I can't even like figure out how to do this thing that everybody else seems to be able to do. And the the amount of shifts mentally that I have made in the last couple of weeks, I'm so happy that I don't have children right now. I'm mm -hmm. so happy that I'm not married right now, truly. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm very, 
like I look forward to the future but like I thought I had this like plan of like this is how it has to look or I won't be happy and I'm like it doesn't have to look like there's so many things I can be happy about right now. And there's so many other things that I'm doing that I can focus on that. If I like overlook those things, I'm going to miss it. Yeah. And it's also like 29, 33. We're young. Oh, in the grand scheme, we have, but it's like really easy to think like, if you don't have it together by 30, that you're, you did it wrong. Yeah. And, and that's how I felt. I, and you feel the same. And, but the truth is those numbers are so arbitrary. They're and it's not a, real. It's a system that we've bought into. Yes. And you don't have to buy into a system. Like you can be aware enough to say like, my reality can be, my reality is what my higher self deems is best for my experience in this life. If, if, oh. if it's not now and it's not in the future, something better is coming. It's like, you can't know. You're not meant yeah. to know. No, it sucks that we don't know. Like that part's frustrating, yeah. but I, I've been in and out of like spirituality, not spirituality. Like I've been in and out of the manifestation world for the last 15 years or maybe more like 10. Um, but I, my mom passed away in 2020 unexpectedly so that sent me on a tailspin of, I don't believe in God. I don't believe in the universe. I don't believe in manifesting. This is all BS. Like, there's no way that any of this is real because I was just mad. Yeah. And I hit maybe like a year and a few months after that happened, I was in a state of complete powerlessness and I was going through a lot of really icky, icky things in my reality to a point where I was like, I can't do this anymore. I literally don't know what to do besides go back into my spirituality, go back into meditating, go back into being alone with myself, which is something I didn't want to do. Mm-hmm. And I learned in that time, like that inner work and that inner support that you can build with yourself is massive. Massive. And that's what gets you through the shit. Yeah. Well, I think once you've been through enough dark nights of the soul, you see the trend that yep, it, for is, sure. it is better on the other side and it yeah. sucks when you're going through it. I mean, I've, I've been through it girl. And I know that you have just based on this conversation and I choose where I'm standing now versus how it was. And yeah. I, and every single time I've had a dark night of the soul, that's how I feel. I feel liberated on the other side. And I just want all of your listeners to take that and at least put that seed away and revisit that in your consciousness when it's meant to, because it, it it gets easier. It gets better. You're meant to go through the releases and just like how you fell away from your spirituality until something so sad and so big happened that it brought you back. And now you said you feel liberated. You feel like you've had incredible shifts lately. You wouldn't have had those. And so it's almost as if the event was meant to happen for you to be here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And recently I've been able to like really own what is appearing in my reality and really see my cut like I've had stuff manifest not in my life but like in the 3d not directly to me but to like seeing other things happen where I'm like oh wow I'm seeing my biggest fear being played out right now and it's not happening to me which is worse because it's happening to someone else Mm -hmm. but I had been focusing on that fear in the background for like a month and now it's happening and now it's being presented in my reality and I'm like oh I can see why that's, I can see why that's showing up. Is that something I still want to feed into? Or is that something that I now want to say, okay, what, what do I truly believe about this thing? And do I just want to believe that it's terrible and awful and I don't want it? Or do I want to believe this is something that could happen, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't mean it's going to. But you had a video recently on your TikTok that I felt like beautifully married this topic And it helped me because basically what you had said is 
when you get to a point of consciousness, you realize that you have to stop reacting to what is presenting for the energy to stop um, circulating in your life and for it to just become stagnant. But really what was profound was you had said, even though you were mad like 30 seconds ago, you don't have to be mad now. Like I, and I've experienced that. Cause like my husband and I will have a tiff or a disagreement or he'll do something that annoys me. And then it's like, I almost have this expectation of like, oh, well he left the room, but when he comes back, he needs to still see that I'm upset. And it's like, but yeah. what if I'm not upset? Like, what if I'm over it? And it's okay to just like change my mood and like change my energy. Mm-hmm. Yes. The ability to move on from feeling something like after you've like if you get in an argument with someone like we were saying and the ability to just drop it where it is and not feel like you have to carry it with you is first of all such a freeing thing to do but second of all like why didn't I realize that sooner yeah nobody does that no because I think you'd be seen as like bipolar or something yeah yeah it's not yeah there are certain people you're going to have the ability to do that with, but I learned it from my dad and I, because we work together and we do so many like different like things together. We do have the ability to, at times it doesn't happen very often, but heads. Mm-hmm. So like the other day we got in a little spat argument and we were both angry. And then like 20 minutes later, totally fine. Mm-hmm it took me a long time to realize that he is the type of person who like, he's not going to bring it into the next moment if he doesn't want to. Mm -hmm. So I learned it from him and I, wow, I don't have to, if I'm not mad anymore, I don't have to stay mad. Mm -hmm. I don't have to do that. But I think we will do that to try to justify like how we acted before Mm -hmm. where it's okay how you acted before, however it was. You don't have to keep acting that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's really interesting because I remember as a little girl, I I was that way. I don't know if it's the Aquarius in me or what, but it was like, I would be fine, fine, fine. I'd had enough flashpoint done. Yeah. And I was like, cut you out. I didn't want to talk to you. Don't look at me. And then my mom used to say like, you're just too sensitive. You're too sensitive. And then once I was by myself for like a second, I would come back and I would be fine. And she always said that it was a fickle way to be. It was like, if you're, if you feel a way, then like feel that way. But I think as a child, I was used to what you're saying where it's like, I got my space and now I'm over it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But my mom was like, that's no way to be like, you should really feel what you feel. And so it made me feel like I had to stay in that energy and make sure everyone around me kind of like remember that they did something that like, I didn't like, you know? Yeah. And it's, that's a heavy thing to, to carry on though. Like when you realize, and- like, Oh, I don't have to keep doing that. I can. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you'll be like sad or angry or happy or whatever for an extended period of time. Yeah. But yeah, it was a it was a very freeing thing for me to realize. And in terms of like like conscious creation and just being conscious of every aspect of myself that's being played out. It's like, okay, that thing is happening. It's not happening. Nothing's permanent. It's all gonna happen. Mm-hmm. Everything's gonna keep changing and moving anyway. So mm-hmm. do I wanna keep sitting in that energy that makes me feel bad? Mm-hmm. Or would I like to continue moving knowing why it happened would I like to continue moving in a different direction yeah I'd be interested just to hear your advice on like those moments when you just are feeling really triggered and but the higher mind of you is very aware like I I cannot be reacting to that I need to let this go I like need to move past this but you're still like your body is reacting and you're feeling like your heart rate is up and like you're feeling like fight or flight like how would you recommend somebody handle that moment yeah and that's something I'm still like learning to navigate for myself but I think if my if I'm I I allow myself to feel it for sure because I don't this also I don't want people to think I'm like all for spiritual bypassing I'm not you need to feel how you feel but if you're at a point where you're like okay I felt it 
I've thought about it. I've processed it. And I just don't want to keep doing it. Can I switch to something else and then just like subtly do that? And then if you're still feeling that like anxiety and anxious and pressure, you can do different things like EFT tapping can help regulate your nervous system. Um, if you go on a walk, that can help regulate your nervous system. Things for you that will help calm, like there's going to be different things for different people that help calm their body down. Cause that's a very, that's something I'm also working on too with, uh, I have PMDD and it's really bad that like there will hit a certain point in the months where like a switch flips and all of a sudden I can't do anything but stare at the wall and be sad, but it's only my body that's doing that. And I'm trying to learn how to separate because when I get in that, I know that that's what's happening. I know my body's processing to release something. So Mm -hmm. my body is going through a big release right now. And for whatever reason, emotionally, cognitively, I don't want to do anything. Mm -hmm. So I've been trying to give myself the space to like, okay, you can be gentle today, but not try because when my body starts feeling like that now my brain's going why let's find a reason why are we pissed off why are we mad what hasn't happened yet which isn't great because then it like perpetuates that loop and those um, like things that are rooted in it's not happening like you know looking for a reason why do I feel like this so I have to remind myself okay I'm feeling this way because my body's doing a releasing thing and it's okay to feel these things but you don't have to attach it to anything if there's nothing worth attaching it to does that make sense it does make sense and I think that you explained it really well the fear that a lot of us have is like we know that emotions create reality so if you feel that anxious moment there's a fear that like god I'm I'm gonna recreate this I have to like turn this off I feel like I failed because I'm feeling this at all like and it is bypassing but at the same time I I've come to think that what is true is your consciousness is reality and the physical world is just the projection. So it's old information playing out. And so really, as long as you can create that separation and remembering that my mind is what's real. And if, if, if you and your mind can say like, this is old energy, I'm going to allow this to go then that is what is creating the next moment. It's not actually having felt the old energy circulating in the body. Mm -hmm. I hope that makes sense. Yeah. And it's something I'm still like working on navigating because it's such a, like a weird thing to try to wrap your head around. So big. Yeah. And also, like I said, like make sure that like, I'm not trying to like ignore anything. Yeah. So, and it's, it's, it's a process like with anything. Well, and it's the exact opposite of what we've come to know as human beings. Yeah. I think is both the gift and the curse of being incarnated in this time is there's a huge shift in consciousness happening and we're the catalyst. We are the ones creating the epigenetics to realize that like what we've been told how it works and what reality is actually isn't. And so we are having to create the neural pathways and circuitry for future generations to thrive. And it's mm-hmm. just this weird period in consciousness that we're alive at this time. Yeah, but it is really cool to see um, how like collectively we are moving towards that. Like the fact that consciousness the fact that manifestation, the fact that the idea of like quantum shifts and timeline shifts and like Marvel comics and stuff like that stuff is becoming more mainstream. So it's really cool to see that become more accepted. Mm-hmm. And then things that we do that maybe as a society like that we're moving. I've seen a huge pull away from alcohol. Like personally, I stopped drinking like last year. I'm almost a year sober from alcohol because it just like wasn't working for me. Uh, it works for some people and if it works for you great like not want to judge at all but it's it's really interesting to see how we're moving just towards that more conscious way of living Mm -hmm. I mean who knows what will happen by the time we get to like our parents age Mm -hmm. I'm interested to see like in the next like 30 or 40 years like what is it gonna look like how are we gonna be living 
Yeah. Well, Bashar says by 2050, we will be pretty comfortable living among extraterrestrials. So I think there's going to be a lot. The fact that we've pretty much had ET disclosure and no one batted an eyelash. Oh my gosh. I know. It was like- That's insane. (laughs) America didn't care. It was like, oh, okay, fine. <laughs> we were like, yeah, we know. We have big yeah. to fry. <laughs> well aware. Thank you for the information. I remember talking to friends when we were younger, like, do you think aliens are real? And like, some people were like, definitely not. And some people were like, 110%. Yeah, for sure. It's just, it, we live in such weird times. Yeah. I think it'll be a different thing though, to like see one versus like, just feel comfortable with the idea that they exist. Because, like, seeing a gray person in the grocery store is, you know what I mean? Like, that's, that might be different. Yeah. I'm still saying they probably, that they definitely do exist, but it's, like, seeing it in the flesh, it's going to be kind of, like, well, that's different. <laughs> I feel like, I feel like it would be gradual. I feel like it would not be, I don't know. I mean, everything that it seems that we've gone through has been a gradual thing. It hasn't been, like, a, here are the aliens. It's I been know. aliens maybe this maybe that here's stuff that we've seen like different like et like sites that they have in america that are now like not authorized for people to go in like things like that like we've been getting like gradual hints about it for like our entire lives and then it's confirmed and we're like okay yeah like that makes sense so i feel like if they did make contact if they haven't already which i would imagine they probably have yeah who who knows but they could be walking around now and we just don't know yeah well there's a documentary on netflix um oh gosh i can't remember what it's called but it's a documentary about the u.s government um unclassifying the documents about extraterrestrials and it's really worth a a watch but watch it for sure they have reports that actually say things like we met in council today with the aliens like blah 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 like the the military has literally been like having sit downs with the mm-hmm. aliens like for since like the 50s yeah so i'm very sure that i mean yeah there's contact they've just been isolated to a high ranking people probably to to keep everybody from panicking yeah it it would make sense it would like like you said like there's technology that we have like just just the technological boom that we've experienced. Oh, yeah. We we didn't have internet when we were kids. Mm-hmm. And now we are talking face-to-face, just not in the same room. Even chat GBT like, AI is insane. Oh, yeah. yeah. 100 years ago, that's probably something people couldn't have even, like, fathomed. I know. Yeah, that stuff's wild. Uh-huh. So... If you feel like you'd like to talk about it, would you say that they're like, you said you worked in a corporate, in a corporate world. Was there anything that made you, cause you're a housewife now. Yes. Was the shift like part of your awakening? Was the shift something else? What made you go from like working corporate and it sounded like it was stressful to living a like housewife manifestation like conscious creation like what was the shift there um so early in my awakening so let's see I had an awakening in 2018 I think it was 2020 I had an Akashic reading done um yeah I was a part of this online community called rose gold goddesses it's a bunch of awakened women um women only that just feel comfortable sharing like what they feel called to in this life or past life regressions or people they're like Reiki healers. Like they'll do free healings for you. Cause I mean, energy, energy doesn't, energy is not limited to distance. And Mm -hmm. so there's these women on this, they would just do healings for you and things. So I was a part of that. And one of the gals did a presentation about she did Akashic readings. And so I just listened into her presentation and um, I didn't get a reading from her, but I got a reading from another gal on the community. And at this time, it's like COVID's happening. There's a lot of uncertainty. I've been awake for like a couple of years. I know that like 
relationships started falling away as my vibration got higher. And like, I was just going through a lot of this swirl. And on this Akashic reading, I had asked her like, what am I meant to be doing like in this life? Like, what am I here for? And she had basically said, you're here to like help people heal energetically. Like it could be through plant medicines or just energetic healings, maybe even Reiki, um, but it's energetic, like helping them to see how they got where they are and that there's a way out of it basically. But they said, we don't know like how you're going to do it because timelines are changing all the time. Yeah. And I've come to know that very recently from Bashar, which is very affirming. Yeah. I love the way he explains it. Yeah. And, and here I am, it's 2023 and I am helping people to energetically shift yeah. and showing them what's possible. And, and so it's funny because I got that in the Akashic reading when I was so new into my awakening and I I knew that I was talking to a higher power and I just needed to like sit with it. Um, but then what they had said about my career that just planted the seed was um, they said, you're not meant to work in this lifetime. You've been given the boom of compassion is what they said. You've been given the gift of compassion in this lifetime. And you're meant to share that with people. And you've been given the gift of a husband that can take care of you. And the only reason that you feel like you have to work is because of past trauma that you feel like you have to contribute in order to be taken care of. Like there's this exchange that needs to happen. And, um, but they said, no, that's a choice. And then I said, you know, well, I work for this company that, um, like, I don't know if I'm ready to tell people what the name of the company is, but it's a defense contracting company. Yeah. Um, and it broke my heart to participate in the manufacturing of the things that go to wartime. Yeah. It just broke my heart. And I felt like I had a lot of karma built up around that and I needed to, um, I needed to give penance to the world. I needed to say, I'm sorry to the world for having been a part of that. And so during the Akashic reading, I I just started crying and I said, I'm so sorry, you know, getting the, the guides, they had said, you haven't built up karma because your intention was never to hurt anybody by being there. Mm -hmm. And he said, well, they said, um, the, the fact that you're there at all, it's because your soul was lost. It's like, we don't know how you got there either because it's so opposite of who you are. But it's always up to you what choices you make that take you down new timelines. And right. so at that point, I felt empowered. I felt yeah. like I felt like this environment in my awakened state is actually sucking my life force like I'm not contributing in the way that I'm meant to in this incarnation Mm. and I need to give back to people to feel like I've righted being here at all yeah and so I had a conversation with my husband and I was like I don't know what I'm gonna do I know I'm here for something that is meant to be very helpful to people and this isn't it so we created this exit strategy of a year of like I saved my paychecks for an entire year to see if we could live on that single income and um and then I did ultimately leave and the first few months after leaving I just want people to know this because I feel like when I tell people I left, they are like, oh, well, like how nice life must be. Like you don't have to actually do anything if you don't want to do anything. But the soul healing, when you leave something that was not aligned with you, I mean, when you awaken, it can be a dark night of the soul of losing relationships. Yeah. This In this instance, 10 years of my life, of my life force was given to something that was like poison to my yeah. system because I just felt so guilty. And, um, so for like three months after leaving, I would just cry several times a day. I just, I'd be in the middle of a conversation with somebody and I would just cry. Yeah. It was my soul like weeping for how guilty I felt. Yeah. 
Yeah. But also... My soul just saying thank you. Yeah. And to... To play... I guess I guess the word would be devil's advocate for that timeline. That had to play out for you to be where you are now. Yeah, I know. Like, if you were in a different job, you might not have felt, like, that pull to leave. So, like, however it had to happen, it had to happen. And, like, Bashar will talk about how when you're in a new time... Like, you're in a totally different timeline. You're in a totally different world now. So that past doesn't even necessarily have to exist to this version of you. It doesn't have to. And, but like, it's hard because it's like, that's such a big thing to let go of and a big thing to feel and a big thing to process. But, you know, for whatever reason, it just had to, like, had to play out that way. Yeah, which is you reflecting back the advice I gave to you earlier about your mother. It's like, mm -hmm. maybe that event had to happen to bring you back to your, your progression. Yeah. You know, and so I don't, I, I, I feel really good about my channel and what I'm like offering to people as far as energetic shifting. And I feel like I am putting positive ripples into the world. And, and I, I do try and let go of my time in the defense world. Um, it just, it was just sad, you know, yeah. cause I just, I don't agree with what they stand for right yeah so anyway I didn't I didn't mean for that to become such a heavy question but that is what okay. brought me here and and when I left I didn't know how I was going to help you I literally didn't know I just every day I would take my manifestation walks and I would say out loud like I'm I'm open and I'm available you've been grooming me over this lifetime for mm -hmm. something and I'm ready when you're ready. Yeah. And um, on one of those walks, I just, it popped into my head, start a TikTok channel. Yeah. And, and I did, and I made my first video and, you know, within a month I had over like 3000 followers and now I've been at it for like six months and it's just growing. Mm -hmm. And I feel like the ease and flow that I've had with TikTok is because it was intended for me. I didn't try and just like insert myself and force anything out of it. I had no expectation. And I think that that is such a powerful takeaway in the manifestation process in general. For sure. Don't have an expectation. Just like follow the hunch. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes it's even just getting an idea for something and not even following the idea, but just getting that idea might put you in like a certain state of mind that gets you to the next best place. And I think for a lot of us that are in like our kind of world of spirituality, woo woo, whatever, I, I would think most people have gone through some sort of very dark, very like, and it's all circumstantial to the person. But, like, I was the most angry, sad, pessimistic, mean person as a teenager. I was awful. Can't imagine awful. it. I was, I was so mean. My dad used to tell me, like, when you're nice, there's no one better. But when you're mean, there's no one worse. Aww. He's like, you have the sharpest tongue in the world. Like, you, you have the ability to tear people down and you do it. And it, it's hard to hear that, like, as a teenager coming from your dad, it only pisses you off more. But I was content and, like, aiming to be just angry and sad until I was like, I can't do this any. I cannot do this anymore. I don't want to be this version of me anymore. So then it took a lot to actually be able to, like, look in the mirror and like myself because I hated myself. Mm -hmm. And to... To be able to change how I was responding to things, mm -hmm. that was hard. And then for people in my reality every day, my parents, to watch me do this and expect me to react in different ways. And then when I don't, they're like, why aren't you doing what you normally – like, are you okay? You're being nice. <laughs> like, so, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's interesting to see, like, who I was before. And who I am now, there's similarities. There's a lot of differences. 
Um, but yeah, like we all have, I think something breaks in us where we're like, this isn't sustainable and there's got to be a way out of it. And then somehow we all figure out the way out is in. Mm -hmm. It's like the decision. It's making the decision to change. Each person has to do that because it really has to feel like a rock bottom decision that like, I'm not, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm, I will be something else every moment that I can choose because I can't do this anymore. Right. I think that's the theme that I hear from people on this journey is like, you've had a moment where you've just had enough. Mm -hmm. You just had enough. And, and that's when identity creation and self-concept work is your biggest ally. And I think that's why you come across as so relatable to people. And now it makes sense is because you had to go through that shift where it was like yeah. people expected you to get angry and you had to hold your ground of, no, I decided that I'm not that version anymore. Mm -hmm. And that's the core of self-concept work. And I think that you probably understand that very well because you had to continuously be in that conscious state of choosing. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I think it's, it's really easy to play victim to reality. Mm -hmm. It's super easy to be like, oh no, this is happening. And it's happening to me. It's not happening through me. It's happening to me. And mm -hmm. it's because I suck. It's because I'm not good enough. It's because I didn't do this thing 10 years, like whatever blaming thing that you have. When really it's like, whatever is happening is happening. You put a label on it. You decide how big, bad, good, ugly, beautiful it is. And then you get to decide how long you hang on to that for. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Trying to remind myself that all the things showing up in my reality are like inherently neutral and that we decide is has been one of my uh, biggest practices. <laughs> all right, guys, this is surprise going to be a two part, maybe many part series that we have with Gabrielle. So, Gabrielle, I want you to let everybody know where they can find you. We know that there's TikTok. Is there any other places? And is there any other things that you want to let people know about you and what you may offer? Yeah. So um, TikTok is where I'm currently at, but I'm toying with Instagram and YouTube as well. Um, but right now I've poured my heart and soul into a program called Mastering the Game of Life, which is an editable PDF, 35 pages of the energetic shift techniques that I personally use to get from a nine to five to where I am now to just living an inspired life and taking inspired action. And I, I really feel like it's my calling to help others also see their potential through their own perception shifts. So if you feel called to visit that, I also had you email coaching um, and then you can do ask me anything TikToks as well. So I'll independently um, answer your specific questions if you have anything. Lovely. The very, very end of this recording did get cut off, but that's okay. You guys didn't miss anything. That was my conversation with Gabrielle, a romanticizing housewife. You can find her links in the show notes as well as my links to, you know, everything that I talk about. And I'm so excited for part two. I hope you guys loved part one as much as we did. And until next time, this is Abby signing off.